When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're watching and listening Peak to Pit. Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, heading into week six of the college football season. TJ, time for you to stand in the paint. So Florida State um, <laughs> try to do something that UF has done, and they now have a quality loss on the resume. So now that we've now that we've lost to a ranked team, we can brag about that, and we can talk about how we're you enjoyed those six days in the polls, huh? Six days in the polls is longer than you guys spent last week. So we'll we'll take the we'll take the rankings, I guess. Um, yeah, Florida State struggled this weekend, and now knows what it feels like to have a loss, but still four and one still got an opportunity this week. Um, we'll talk about that as it goes. You guys went up to the swamp. We did. We yep. We, we took the kids uh, all four up to the swamp, which we try and do at least, you know, once a season, we're actually doing it next week too. So we will have done it twice in the season. The, the babies were really good though. They sat in the stands, they cheered, they thought it was really neat. They liked to watch the cheerleaders. Alexandra was super concerned about why there were players on the sidelines without helmets on. So she kept going, mommy, do you need to put the helmets on? Do you need to put the helmets on? I was like, it's okay. They're not getting in. It's fine. Um, but she was super concerned about that and it was cute, but it was, you know, it was fun. It was not nearly as hot in Gainesville as you know, it generally is this time of year. So that was nice. And Kids got to run around on the field a little bit, which they love. So all in all, good day. Yeah, we took the kids up as well. It does change your whole perspective. Like you'd rather win the game, but it does change your perspective when you go up and watch a loss because the kids do just run around and have a good time. Mm -hmm. Lenny got to take pictures with the cheerleaders down the field and yeah. outside the stadium. And then they just ate cookies and ice cream and popcorn the whole time. Right. And so living their best life. Yeah. So we got in the elevator on the way down from the champions, just like going down yeah. Um, from the stadium. And the people were like, oh, you know, sorry. You're like talking to the kids. Like, sorry a lot. And I was like, ah, they won today. They don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, they, they, they're two and four. They, they really don't care. So, right. uh, so I mean, you rather win, right. But you, it does right. kind of change your perspective a little bit when you go and have oh. a fun time with the kids. Yeah, for um, sure. So, My all right. Get completely spoiled so they before the game eric took them down into like under the stadium um into like the locker room area so they stood right by the gator fan gator head in this like right before you run out of the tunnel and high-fived all the players right as yeah. they were like running out onto the field so they think that this is like totally normal behavior now though and so i've like this has happened enough times that they think that this is what like 
you know, you just get to do at games. So I keep telling Eric, like, you are really messing this up for us because the expectations of what's supposed to happen at a Gator game or a football game just in general are now so high that, like, when you can't deliver one day, it's really going to be a problem. Yeah, Elena's two for two. Both games that she's been to, she's been down the field so she could see Renegade go play at the Spear. Yeah. Great, great view of the fireworks. Um, Champions Club the whole time with, uh, you know, ice cream and free popcorn and, and, uh, you know, probably like six cookies each. So, yeah, the, yeah, she's, she's in for a letdown. Totally. Um, Yeah. This is not my football games back in the day for sure. Not how it works. So, yeah, they don't know how good they have it. No. None of them really do. So, anyway, all right, let's do the uh, let's do a shout out first as we get started. Let me shout out Brunt Insurance. You can reach out to Greg Brunt whether you live in Tallahassee or anywhere all the way down to the Keys. Greg's got you covered. 954-589-2204. Anything from ha- uh, home, car, motorcycle, boat, RV, trailer, whatever you got, Greg can insure it. Give Greg a call today or go to bruntinsurance.com. Greg will get you taken care of. Again, it's 954-589-2204. Hopefully, you stayed safe last week and you had homeowner's insurance with all the craziness going on. Yeah. Obviously, thoughts and prayers to anybody that was impacted by the storm. We were fortunately pretty spared here. Um, But if you are having any trouble with your homeowner's insurance or need to switch or they're giving you a hard time, hit up my guy, Greg. My home is insured by Brunt Insurance. My car is too. So, uh, both of my cars. So shout out Greg and his team again, 954-589-2204. All right. You want to start with UF or you want to start with Evan? Let's start with FSU. You guys, the game was, I, I, the game was, it was, it was a Sunday. There was NFL on, I mean, you were there, so that makes it better, but like yeah. we couldn't even watch the UF game. Right. It was so on the Ocho or something. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Florida state came out and, and I thought just, I don't know. I think they just played a bad game. Like, I don't, I don't really have like a massive think piece on this or, you know, some people, you know, fans like melt down over every little thing. Mm-hmm. Like I thought they played a bad game against a good team. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch the game? Did you kind of follow so I watched the first half. Um, by the second half, there was a lot of other stuff going along in our house and even on TV. So I didn't get to watch the second half nearly as closely as I watched the first half. The, it appears, you know, judging by the score that Florida state did a little bit better in the second half than they did uh, in the first, but yeah, in, you know, in, I don't, in the first half, in the first half they struggled offensively and that's really what I was probably least worried about. Mm-hmm. I was pretty worried about Wake going off on our, on our defense, um, Wake scored on three of their five first-half possessions, and Florida State scored on one of their five first-half mm-hmm. possessions. So um, the defense did about what I thought they would. I, yeah. I thought Wake would score about 30, 35 points, and, yeah. and that's what they did, right, 31. Uh, right. The offense is really what let us down. And the and the kicking game, too, which Florida State's not got a very yeah. good kicker at this point. If Florida State avoids – they didn't play well just in general – but if you yeah. avoid the fumble in your own territory and then you make the field goal at the end of the half, you're probably down 14 to 10. And it's a whole different ballgame, right? Like it's, yeah. you know, they did outscore Wake in the second half. And so I'm not saying the result would have been different, but it would have just felt different. Right? Like you wouldn't yeah. have to come back from down 21. They did show some fight. I mean, Wake came out and scored on the first drive of the second half. Florida State responded immediately to cut the score right back down to two touchdowns. Um, they forced two stops in a row from yeah. Wake there. 
Unfortunately, they were only able to score on one of those two drives following the two stops, and it kept it a one-score game. Right. Wade kicks a field goal late to end up going up by 10. But, yeah, I thought Florida State played well enough to be in the game for about two quarters, right? I thought the second and third – or the third and fourth quarter, they played yeah. well enough to be in it. First and second Damage quarter. Was kind of already done from the first two quarters. Yeah, you would really need just like a, mar- a miraculous comeback. And they almost got it, right? Like they got within seven. They forced a third and long, and Wake was able to convert and get the first down. And it was kind of over there because they were able to go in and, and kick a field goal to, to go up two scores. And at that point, it's pretty much over. So if you don't dig yourself such a hole, if you don't get so down in the muck and so far behind, maybe that game's outcome is a little bit different. Maybe it's not. Maybe you lose a close one because Wake was really, really good. I will say that there's, you know, some people say, oh, Wake took their took their foot off the pedal. Florida State scored immediately after Wake went up by 21 to cut it back down to two scores. And then Wake came out and threw the ball on the next drive, and Florida State just happened to get two sacks there. So I really don't think that Wake really pulled their foot off the pedal much. Like, I, I think Florida State just actually made a couple of plays. Offense looked a little bit better, but just couldn't get over the hump. You know, would have taken something pretty miraculous to do so. And they lost. Sure right? like they just the same person that sat here last week telling me they perceived Tennessee taking the foot off the gas when. So, uh, so th- I don't know that that's anything that I had witnessed. I didn't watch the second half of the game, so I can't say that that's not accurate. I there's just, a there's certainly a difference in going in up. There's certainly a difference in going up. Tw- oh, going up three scores with what twenty six minutes of game time left, and going up three scores with eight minutes of game time left. Right, like. Yeah, Would I, you agree with that? Yeah, but I mean, so Florida Tennessee went up three to Tennessee. So I mean, that this was a, that was a closer, that was a closer game. So it makes less sense that they took their foot off the gas in that game, but not in this game. But go on. I didn't watch the second half, so I I truly can't argue with you. It was just a an observation that I made uh, yeah. based on the comments. Would you think a team? Would you think a team would take their foot off the gas with like no. thirty minutes of game time left? I don't think. Like, no? I, I don't think. I don't think in general. I don't think Wake did. Really overmatched opponent that anybody should ever take their foot off the gas. Yeah. I don't. I, you know, it's your job as a defense to stop them. Regardless, I think it's different if you put in you know third string guys against Duquesne. And uh, maybe that could be considered taking your foot off the gas, but truly you're just getting reps to your younger guys. Like that's different yeah. than a conference My, opponent. I don't know that I think any conference opponent ever really takes their foot off the gas. So, I mean, I think they do. I think you you have seen teams do that, you know, and in, in the past and whether Tennessee did or didn't, I don't know. Like, you know, we can, we can try and figure that out another time. My biggest point with the Tennessee one when it was happening was that it looked like they went into a little bit of a softer defense to try and give up the underneath stuff to let clock run. Right. Not necessarily like not necessarily took their foot off the gas or just said like the game's over and we won and like pulled out the banners. But just like Florida State did against LSU, you go into that prevent defense, prevent defense, you prevent give the, defense prevents wins. I give up that underneath defense. stuff. Yeah. I've well, never I've never understood why any coach ever does that because you always no, see how it runs up with like turns the out. King of that and it but I, never ended well. But I don't think Wake did that with 26 yeah. minutes to go. So well, anyway, uh, they struggled. At, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, they struggled, lost to a team that I think is a really bad matchup for them, mm-hmm. and uh, I and the best quarterback they'll see for the rest of the year. You know, so I think that that we'll you see. know that's tough. Oh um, no, you were you were trying to bench your court. You're not allowed to do that. You were trying to bench your quarterback two weeks ago. So um, I, I I don't know that I ever suggested benching him, but he's coming. You were like, way. there's he got yeah, to get he has, but. Um, 
I think Hardman's a much better quarterback than he is. I think uh, Anthony's a better athlete. Oh, I mean, I think, I Hard, I think Hardman's a better thrower of the ball. Yeah, I don't think that, I, that's a – We don't get to the end a, of the year, so I don't know that that'll be a fair statement then. I think that's probably a fair statement today. Yeah, um, well, we're doing we, a podcast we, today, so we'll talk about it more with uh, Anthony later looking on. Looking at uh, the stats, I think the thing that stood out to me was the 10 third down uh, – conversions by Wake Forest yeah. I think that like if you had to look at a single stat that is probably it I I honestly thought that Florida State's defensive line has played better like I thought watching them against LSU that they were going to be somewhat decent I think the defensive line was pretty bad in this game um so I so don't their top I don't. two so their top two defensive linemen didn't play well Jared Verse did play on limited reps. yeah he played some yeah yeah so he played with a snap count limited reps he right. leads the ACC in um, sacks right now, yeah, <laughs> even though he's, he's missed like a game in three quarters. But uh, Fabian Lovett, probably their best defensive lineman, was was out. Mm-hmm. Um, probably will still be out this weekend. Um, so yeah, their their defensive and offensive lines left starting left tackles out. They're yeah. down three starters from the offseason on the offensive line, and they need to figure that out because NC yeah, State and Clemson's yeah. lines are 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 better. So. Yeah, I think that, again, I don't know if it changes the outcome of the game, but I do think it's a more competitive game if those guys are healthy. Sure. Um, I mean, when you have all your starters in, it's always a more competitive game, right? Like that's. So we'll see who they can get back this week. I would expect Verse plays more yeah. this weekend. I, mean, I don't he, know if he can play the full, full game or not, but he right. he will help a lot. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but the line – yeah, they, of course they got dominated in the trenches. And, again, I think a lot of it had to do with injury. I really don't, you know, like – think the line has regressed i think that if guys are missing then mm-hmm. you know it's hard to just plug and play your your best right. guys yeah no i agree with that um all right let's move on to our game florida did win 52 17 which um you know we kind of created a line on this show based off of what you guys had done on the roll-up and what did we say 30 and a half points or 31 mm-hmm. points no. something like that so you know florida covers and i like uh, what I saw for the most part, I I um, thought that Florida's Anthony back. Richardson looks like well, your words, not mine. Uh, Anthony Richardson looks like he's back in his groove a little bit. Like he looks like he did week one. He looks like he did maybe the first week at Kentucky. Like he seems like he's wrapped his head around what he needs to do. I felt like his progressions were better. He his RPO was better. He I mean he he took off with his feet. He he looked. Oh, he's on an upward climb at the moment. Whether that is sustainable when we get into more meat of the schedule obviously remains to be seen. But I think that um, there's some confidence back that that had not been there maybe three weeks ago, two weeks ago. So that's a good thing to see. I was actually really excited to see a lot of young guys um, get time. Can we back up before, yeah. just for that? Yeah. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. But I do want to know your honest take on this. How much of that has to do with the quality of opponent? Because Eastern Washington is like not USF bad, so, like really, really bad. And Utah so guys is were, the best team that Florida has played so far. Anthony Richardson played uh, yeah, well against them. Um, them or Tennessee. Anthony Richardson played well against Tennessee too. He played terrible. He played his worst game against USF, probably his worst complete his when you add the a complete game up, which is arguably the worst team that we've played. So I don't know that what we're seeing from him really has a whole lot to do with the opponent. I think it has to do with him, which obviously could be 
seen as a problem in itself, right? That that um but I I don't I don't know that I think his performance had really a whole lot to do because it really wasn't a whole lot different than his performance against Tennessee, which is a much stronger opponent. Um, he threw for 240 yards, two scores. He was good with his feet, but um, Florida played 71 different players on Saturday. That's something they really have not had the opportunity to do yet this season, even with USF because Florida struggled against a team that they, you know, we were expected them to win by multiple touchdowns. So this is the first time this season that reserves have started to be able to get some minutes and they need those minutes because if an injury happens down the line or, you know, something else, you don't want them to have never had any game experience. So this was good. Jalen Kitna took his first snaps as QB. I mean, limited reps, obviously, but I thought he did decent. He came in for a couple plays in um, the first half of the game because Anthony Richardson went down, like tweaked his ankle. So he had, he had to come off and then came back on. But Jalen Kitna did well there. He played the whole second half, which I was glad to see because there's no reason to risk Anthony Richardson with this game being at hand. Kitna did did really, really well. He showed that he can throw the ball. He, he showed that he, you know, kind of understands the speed of the game a little bit. It's nice. Prior to this, Florida did not have a backup. That was an option to play because Jack Miller is hurt that had ever taken a snap. So, you know, having somebody out there to get a little bit of game under their belt is really, really important because who knows what's going to happen the rest of the season. But I feel like Gator fans were kind of like, huh? Oh, okay, we have a guy that's a backup. Does that mean that there's a quarterback controversy? Of course not. But it means that Florida fans, you know, are a tiny bit more comfortable than they were before because the thought of somebody who had never taken a college rep going in for an injured Anthony Richardson or something later on down the season, down the line, was pretty scary. Um, Lorenzo Lingard got in, got his first touchdown. He is somebody that I, you know, just think has the right attitude. He's a transfer from Miami. Um he just always comes across as incredibly positive. He's kind of buried in a depth chart that running back is maybe Florida's deepest position, right? It's a, it's a position where they really do have some talent. So I don't know that him being buried in it really has a whole lot to do with him as opposed to kind of a whole lot to do with the talent in front of him, but was excited for him to get his, uh, his first touchdown. Uh, we had some freshman wide receivers do well. Douglas got his first touchdown. Um, you like to see young guys, get in right this is what you work for every single day in practice all summer long or these these little opportunities to show what you got on the big stage and that's fun right this was a fun game florida won this game the way that they should have won it does that mean you walk away going oh man i'm gonna change their my prediction for their record at the end of the year of course not but it's nice to see Florida beat a team the way that they should, especially given the fact that there were teams earlier this season so far that Florida did not beat in the way that they should. So this was yeah, good. This we, was we, positive. We talked about that. We talked about that with with um with Florida State, right? Like the Duquesne game, was there any chance that something happened negative like last year with Jacksonville State? Even the BC game, right? Which, mm-hmm. you know, I think BC and and Duquesne and Eastern Washington are all, you know, a little bit different. But even the BC game, right? Like Florida State went out and did what they needed to do. So yeah, I, I feel like you can you can take some positives away from that. But you're right. Like if they go out and lose to Missouri, it doesn't matter how bad you beat the school. The no, blind, it, no, no. It, yeah, it doesn't matter how much you beat the school. The you know blind of the death. Like you've got to find a way to like do this. And so th- and that's kind of the same way I was. That's the same way I felt after Duquesne, right? Like hey, 
Glad you guys blew them out. Glad there was no stress. Glad there was nothing for me to worry about. But like, you got to put it together against a team that has a pulse. Sure, of <laughs> like course. you got it. Well, you know, and the so positives like, from this are young reps and getting out of the game without an injury. Yeah. You put up the number of points that you know is a respectable number of points to put up against a team that you should handily beat. So all of those things are positives. It doesn't change anything else, you know, moving forward. But at least there's not negatives. So. Yeah. So you mentioned the Missouri game. We'll jump right into that. Yeah. Missouri played Missouri's two and three right now. They played Georgia about as well as anybody, anybody could have has hoped. the last couple years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they played they played Auburn really, really well the week before, too. Not that Auburn's mm-hmm. great by any means. But um Florida's a favorite in this game by a couple of scores. Yeah. We'll, a a we'll kind of a large later. spread, uh, in my opinion. And Florida should cover this, right? Like Missouri played well against UGA. How many field goals did they kick? I just think that their I think that their strength kind of matches up to to Georgia's, so and I don't I, I don't really see a like Georgia's not like a high powered offense, right? And and Florida really is. Like Florida's going to outscore you. They've they've got some struggles on defense, but they're going to score. They're not going to stop you, so they hopefully will outscore you. Yeah. I think that's where Missouri is going to struggle is because they can't, I don't think they can keep up. Right. And that's where I think Florida kind of probably wins this going away, but we've seen weird things in Missouri in the past, but um, so thoughts Missouri on this game. Coming up. Missouri generally plays their best game of the season against Florida. That has, I mean, truly well, good news for you. They, they did that last week. So you don't have to worry about that. Since they joined the SEC, <laughs> Florida always gets the toughest version of Missouri. And it is, I don't know what it is. I don't know if Florida it's that Florida has had teams, you know, in the last decade that play up or down to their opponent. Like, I don't know what it is, but I do not like playing Missouri because Florida traditionally does not play Missouri well. Um, When I looked at that, when I watched that game, Missouri was really good in the trenches, really good in the trenches. That is what gave Georgia problems is that Missouri's lines were able to dominate Georgia's lines. That is kind of terrifying to watch because Florida's defensive line is really not done a whole lot this year. I don't I don't know that they've recorded a single sack. I would need to pull that up, but they're they the defensive line is not getting the pressure that we were hoping that they would get or that they maybe should get. Um so then a lot more falls kind of on the linebackers' shoulders. I feel like linebacker play has not has also not been as good as we were potentially hoping that to be. Some of that might be because Miller was banged up and he was kind of, uh, you know, in and out. But uh, Bernie has not, he, he's had moments uh, where he's been really, really good. He's had moments where he's been completely out of position. So watching what Missouri was able to do against Georgia kind of concerned concerned me twofold. The, the first was that, okay, how do we contain their lines that are that are so dominant? But then also, if that's the key to beating Georgia, I, I also don't know that Florida has the lines to make the same kind of close game like Missouri can with them. That's not really the way that this team is built. Um, so, you know, we'll see. But it didn't – they already that, didn't I, love to this save game you, coming to, in. Yeah, to and, save you a little heartache, I would just put that out of your mind. Like, just don't even – like, try oh, and mean, win the other games. Oh, it's not like I'm sitting here thinking Florida is going to beat Georgia. However, I just, I was sitting here thinking, okay, here is a blueprint for how you beat Georgia. Unfortunately, I don't know that we have the pieces to the puzzle to follow that particular blueprint, even though a Missouri team who 
seemingly uh, is less talented, at least if you look at the last four or five recruiting classes, is less talented than this Florida team, but not built in a way to compete the same, if that makes sense. Um, but, you know, I don't love this game, right? I don't love this game. I certainly don't. Last time I looked, it was a 10-point line. I, I That's a large spread for me for uh, this game. I think Florida wins ball games by getting into shootouts for the most part. And so, and I am comfortable that the offense can put up points. I'm just not comfortable that the defense can stop them. So we will see this, but this is, you know, this is the easiest game in the next four game stretch. So here we go. Yeah, man. I looked up some of the percent stuff in Florida. The toughest game for Florida and Florida state on their respective schedules is the Florida Georgia game. And I, don't, I mean, I don't think that's super shocking. The but toughest like, on you said on Florida and Florida State. Yeah. So, like, looking at their respective schedules, like every team's win percentage oh, on got Florida it. State. Okay. So, so comparing like, all of them, the hardest overall yeah. is so got Clemson's it. Clemson's the hardest one on FSU's, right? And right, so sure. they've got that at like twenty nine percent. They've got UF and Georgia at like it's nine point nine. So just say ten percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that has a lot to do with Georgia itself. And then, you know, I think Florida and Florida state right now, just by the national public or like are seen as pretty even, I think they came in one, one vote apart. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, one spot apart mm-hmm. on the, on the voting. I don't think it was one vote. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, so to me, Missouri, like even against Georgia, so they did have, I mean, they only had a hundred rushing yards and I just I don't like I mean, they Missouri had this game won. Missouri gave away this ball game at the end. It was like a comedy of errors that that yeah, they just had sucked. to happen for for them to lose to Georgia. But even their drives, like okay, so Missouri scored on a 31 yard drive. Then they did have a nice long drive, 81 yards. So hats off for that. They scored another one on a four yard drive. They scored another on a 42 yard drive. Like they they got some short fields. Georgia kind of made some mistakes that kind of let Missouri. Are those I, I just mistakes are those defense Missouri. I mean, I so uh, I have no comments. So I fell asleep at the very end of this game, so I had to very rewind good. and watch it. But I watched the vast majority of it live, and honestly, was just so impressed with Missouri. I, I mean, I did it. It made me think that there's uh, that Georgia's maybe not quite as good as I thought they were all season. Maybe this was their off game. We all we joke. And it's not really a joke that Georgia is going to Georgia at least once a season. And maybe this is it. Maybe they're so good that they can Georgia one game a season. And they're so good that it still results in a win. I don't know. Remains to be seen. But this is the worst that I've seen Georgia look. Is that because they had an off night? Is that because Missouri's built in a way to really compete with them? Um even though that they maybe don't compete overall against all the teams in the SEC. I don't know. But it was it was uh, definitely looked at this Georgia team differently than I have all season. So, yeah, I've got Florida going away here. We'll do our picks against the spread. And I'll probably take Missouri just because Florida never takes covers the spread when I pick them. But I think Florida wins this going away. I just think strength on strength, Florida's – Going to be better. Um, Florida State travels to Raleigh this weekend. The spread opened up at five. It's now down to three and a half. And they play North Carolina State. Uh, North Carolina State coming off of a 10-point loss to Clemson. I'm not a huge fan of playing back-to-back teams that come off losses to Clemson. Um, Mm -hmm. But is what it is. 
Uh, I guess you could look at pros and cons there and say like, well, maybe they're a little beat up, but I don't even think that's the case. Like, I just think Clemson was better and NC State's going to be motivated to get that bad loss out of their mouth. But Florida State should be motivated to get a bad loss out of their mouth too. Losing at home when you were a favorite against Wake Forest. I think that NC State is a little bit better than Wake Forest, but I also think that they're not as good of – like they're a they're, they're better, right? Head-to-head, I'd probably take NC State over, Florida, uh, over Wake Forest. Razor thin, though. Like both teams are ranked similarly. They're both 4-1. and one. Wake Forest played Clemson better than NC State did. I – think that NC State's better, but I also think this is a more favorable matchup for Florida State than Wake Forest was. I think that, you know, you're looking at this spread right now that's like three and a half. Home field advantage usually gives you three. They're saying that, what, NC State's about a point better, you know, on a neutral field. I think that's pretty even. I, you know, I, I think Vegas got the spread wrong with FSU Wake. Or Florida State just didn't show up. I mean, I actually think if you play that again, you'd, you'd probably have a closer result. But I think Florida State has a really, really good chance to go in and upset NC State this weekend. I don't necessarily know that I'm predicting that. I think it's going to be a very tough game. But NC State's just not as good offensively. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And I think that'll help FSU. If the mm-hmm. offense kind of sputters a little bit, they'll be able to get enough stops to keep themselves in it and and play and potentially win this game. NC State doesn't do anything close to what um, Wake Forest does from a yardage perspective, from a points-per-game perspective. They haven't looked great this year. They almost lost to ECU to start the year. They beat up on Charleston Southern in Connecticut and then beat Texas Tech by a couple of by, – by 13 points. But NC State's not a team that – I mean, they're not a team that worries me a ton, right? I, you know, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll go down to the wire. And whoever makes less mistakes this week is going to win. Um, Florida State played them really, really well last year without their starting quarterback and with 10 guys who got the flu that week and didn't practice. So, I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not predicting a win. I think I'd probably lean NC State here slightly. But I do think this game will be closer. Like, I don't think we lose by 10. I think it'll be so closer. So that's interesting. You said they don't worry you much, but then you're also picking them. Yeah, I mean, I think they're the better team, but I don't think they're better by, like, leagues, you know? Yeah. I think they're I think they're slightly better, and the game's in Raleigh, which gives them a, a little so bit of So if I use there. the statement, they don't worry me much, I would probably say they don't worry me much like USF. Or they don't worry me much. Like oh, you shouldn't. More than you shouldn't likely, use that I would one. take you care. Use that one. <laughs> more than likely, we'll take care of business. But so that's yeah, interesting no, that they you use that statement, but then pick them. I don't. Yeah, I don't think there's some juggernaut. But I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they win this game by two or three points. Yeah. Like I think both teams, and that's yeah. So that's kind of how I how so I. So do it. you think that Florida State just really had a bad game about uh, against Wake Forest, or do you think that Florida State? is getting into kind of the meat of their schedule. And we're just seeing that they're not that great of a team. I mean, I think you can look at a couple of things, right? And I think the injuries are really what I would start with. So yeah, I think they had a bad game and got dominated in the trenches. Some of that due to playing a better team, but some of that also due to having guys hurt, having some of your most important, like your starting left tackle, 
They're down two of their both. They're down both a right guard and a center that started the season. Um, and then your best defensive tackle and then your most athletic player in Jared Burse on the defense. So, yeah, I think that it, it's all of those things. Yeah, you're playing better teams. I mean, but, you know, we, we fought about UNC and LSU last year. I mean, do you think that Wake Forest is leagues better than LSU? Like, I no. don't. I think, no. I think LSU would probably win. Uh, I think if either team played at home, I'd probably pick them. And then neutral side, I'd probably take LSU close. <clears throat> so I think LSU is like a slightly better team. So, I mean, yeah, Florida State could be getting into the meat of their schedule. But, you know, Florida State also played a game against a Louisville team that we didn't have a starting quarterback in. <laughs> so, like, are we – you know, he started, but he didn't play for three and a half Yeah, quarters, but so. Louisville has turned out to be pretty bad, bad. Yeah, not great, but I mean, again, a bad matchup, a quarterback that's really, really good and, and athletic and a fifth-year senior yeah. and somebody that I think that Florida State knew they were going to struggle with and found enough plays to win. So, yeah, I mean, and and these next two opponents, like I said, are tougher, right? Like, I, I think NC State probably wins. I think Clemson's going to be really, really tough for FSU. I mean, I think there's a great chance that Florida State's four and three. I don't worry about going to Raleigh. I guess when I say I don't worry about it, I, I don't worry about going up to Raleigh and getting embarrassed and losing my okay. seventeen. But you don't worry I about think, getting dragged through the mud. No, you, I think it's gonna not. be. A, okay. I think it's gonna be a close game, and yeah. you know, whichever team in the fourth quarter. And so, I mean, and that's. I think that's where I'm probably comfortable with where Florida State's at right now. Is if they go in, I mean, you want to win every game, right. but if you go on the road to Raleigh in a game that we all said that Florida State like. Every Florida State fan picked NC State to win this. Every national outlet picked for NC State to win this game. If they go on the road and play hard and lose to NC State by three, that's what we expected, right? Sure. Now, if they go in and get blown out, then, yeah, that's a problem, right? Right. But if they go on the road and lose to NC State by a couple of points and NC State was just the better team, then I mean, that's about where I expect Florida State to be. I predicted right. five losses this year. And right. so those losses are going to come, and I'm not going to have a meltdown if they lose to a team that I think is better than them, do they have an opportunity to upset them? Absolutely. This was the same exact spread that LSU was. So I guess just by percent chances, they've got the same exact opportunity to upset them as they did LSU, according to Vegas, right? Do they do it? I mean, that's going to be tough and we'll see, but I'm not, I don't force. They could lose this game and then lose to Clemson. And I'm not like, Oh my gosh, the, the sky is falling just like Florida. Like right now, Florida on ESPN, Florida has a 20-something percent chance to beat LSU. We'll see if that changes after this weekend's games. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a 10% chance to beat uh, Georgia the next week, and then or two weeks later, I guess you got the bye. But uh, and then they, you know, the AM one, I would assume, even though AM has been struggling, that AM is still a slight favorite in that one. Uh, yeah, 62% there. So same thing for you guys. I mean, you guys could lose the next three when you really get into the meat meat of your schedule. Um, and then you could finish I, up. I you could you could finish up. You could finish up with wins against South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State and feel fine, right? And Florida State could finish up with wins yeah, against but I, Miami, I kind of Louisiana, like and Syracuse and feel fine. The programs are in two different places in terms of what's actually acceptable for losses or for not because this is Florida's first year with this coaching staff. So it's okay if the wheels fall off because it's the, you know, we're rebuilding the program in the way that Napier wants it. I feel like it's a little bit yeah, more think, pressing for Florida state. If, uh, you know, if that happens, if they lose, they're, yeah, they're but I don't, but I don't think losing the tenure. 
Yeah, but I don't think – okay, yeah, so the wheels falling off, yes. And so the wheels falling off would be they lose these three games and then they drop a bad game to Georgia Tech and then they lose to Miami, who they have no business losing to, and then they get blown out by Florida at the end of the year, right? So, yeah, like if that happens, then I think it's it's troubling. It's upsetting. But if they lose these three games and then just come back the next week and beat Georgia Tech and come back the next week and beat Miami and they're sitting there at what? At that point, they're 6-3 and three, and they have another they, – they finish up with – Syracuse, who looks better this year, but Syracuse, Louisiana, and Florida, if you go two and three, two and one in that stretch, I mean, you're still looking at seven, eight wins, you know? So, like, yeah, I, I think that Florida State fans knew from the onset that this October month was going to be really, really difficult. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I think that's where Florida fans are with October, and, too, right? It's a, it's a really so like, hard stretch for both teams. I, I don't think that losing these three games is the wheels coming off. I think you expected right. to lose these two games. You're, you're thankful that you got a couple of upsets early, to not be below 500 after these. Now, they lose to Georgia Tech the weekend after Clemson. I don't think that there's any chance. People are going to be pretty upset. I would be, you know, totally shocked by that. But I just think that, like, being thankful we're over 500 three games into the tenure is not, you know, a great to be sitting at. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, yeah, if you could have scheduled this a little bit differently, yeah, you'd you'd have probably taken – Georgia Tech in there to kind of break some of this up, but I mean, you know, Florida State didn't make. Well, you don't schedule. get a choice in how you're scheduled. Right. I just, so, but I, I just in general, the statement like, you know, you hope, you know, they got some wins early so that you finish over 500 is. Uh, well, that's what the expectation was for the season, though, right? Yeah. We, Florida State and Florida both had an over under of six and a half this year. Like Vegas you're set those lines. Them, though, this is a this is a brand new coaching staff at Florida. This is no, third but, year. but I'm. But uh, yeah, so I'm not agreeing. I'm not disagreeing with the with the years or the expectation. But the expectation for Florida State this year was to go above 500. Yeah, like that's not the I'm expectation. Just shocked, for- I guess that that that's a, that that's acceptable for fans. I get what. Have you watched the last two years? Hey, have you I watched have- the last two years? Yeah, we won is- three games and five games. So yeah, yeah, getting to seven or eight is the goal, right? Like you're not going to go from five to twelve. I mean, when we, I mean, I'm shocked that you're, I'm shocked that you're shocked at my prediction. I, I'm Cause like I projected, your prediction. I projected se- that I'm shocked at your prediction. It's the, it's just the, I don't know. I'm surprised that it doesn't make you more angry, but that's okay. Right, <laughs> Trying to get me, I'm, I'm more angry at you than I am at the, <laughs> the wins and losses. No, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Like, I think, I, I think there's, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's Florida state. You're supposed to win titles every single year, right? Like it's Florida. You're supposed to be in the sec championship every single year, but you're not right. Like you, you're, you're not, even when Florida was winning 10 games a year, the last couple of years under Mullen, like they weren't seriously competing for the sec in any of those seasons, I you mean, know? And so like, uh, listen, 10 wins, 10 wins a season is, a lot better than y'all have really good. For a while. Yeah. I mean, 10, but 10 like, wins a season is, is but good. this Mellon isn't about this. Because, this isn't, yeah, this isn't about season. This isn't, yeah, this isn't about Florida state or what neither team has lived up the expectations. And so, yeah, Florida started their rebuild two years after Florida Correct. state. I just, you, and you so keep bringing Florida up. This isn't about Florida. This is about Florida so state. This is about here's the, year, year three. Here's a question. What is if, acceptable if, and what is it? So, if Florida was to have won three games this year, right? Like, so what's their record? Are they three and two right now? Three and they're, two. They're three and two. Yes. Okay. So if Florida was to lose out the rest of the way, right? Mm-hmm. I don't predict this, but they were to lose out the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. And then next year they were to win five games. Unacceptable. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. But what would your but what would your expectation be for the year after that? A, a national championship, or would you want incremental increment? Would you want to be at eight wins or not like somewhere in that seven to nine if, range? So that's where Florida, Florida State's at. If Florida only wins five games in year two under Napier, I'll honestly be kind of surprised if he has a job. But if he does have a job for that third year, I think you're looking at nine to ten win minimum, or you get walking papers. Yeah, so see, I, 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 I don't, don't think I, and I'm not even saying that I necessarily personally would feel like that, but there is zero percent chance that he gets additional time. If well, the, if what I'm telling you is the chances, the chances of him winning three and then winning five and the recruiting being good enough after eight wins over two years. So should you have parted to, it? Whoa, 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 let me, let me, I'm sorry. So then should you have parted ways at year two? No, not if you see things trending up. Absolutely not. Like if you think, you know, again, this is, I don't think it's up to the standard, mm -hmm. but Florida state was the only team in the top 20 of recruiting last year to not make a bowl. Right. So, like, of all the crap teams, sure. Norvell out-recruited all of them. Of all the crap right. Teams. Got it. As far as the recruiting goes, right? So, if you see the recruiting trending up, then, yeah, I think you can see things going up. With Tagger, things were clearly going the other right. way, and sure. that's why they didn't do it. So, right. if again, if Napier wins three this year and five next year, he's not going to be able to recruit well enough to go from five to ten. Like, it's just impossible. Like, Napier's he, nobody. Not not only winning three games this year. I mean, that would... but that's, but that's what I'm telling you is that Norvell won three games his first I year I, and then five. The I next had the year, pleasure of doing a show with you during that season. I and then know. five the next year. And you're telling me that he should be able to win nine, 10 this year. Like our expectations should be that high with how poor the recruiting is. Have you ever seen a coach out? Have you ever seen responsibility too? Have you ever seen a coach finish with a top 10 class after winning four games, five games, three games? I would assume we have not. I yeah. So I think you can't out recruit your record, right? Like you can't out recruit by far, right? Like you can, you can do a little bit better, but you're not going to, you're not going to out recruit a four win season. You're not going to out recruit a five win season. And uh, so the, I, the I think it's crazy to think. Florida State has on their roster, the idea that there's ever an opportunity to only have a three win season or even a five win season in the conference that you play in is, Kind of wild. Yeah, too. I agree with that. I think Willie Tagger lived this thing as an absolute dumpster fire mess, and Norvell did the best he could the next year. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with that. I think the talent was absolutely atrocious when he took over. All right, let's do our picks. Allie mad at me because I uh, don't expect enough out of the Knolls. <laughs> right, listen, just, we uh, we're just levels, buddy. I don't know. Last week, Wake Forest covered. We both got the point there. Hey, you had a good week. First time you've done that this year. Um, you took Michigan minus 11. You got the point there. You took Kentucky, who looks like worse and worse of a loss for UF as each week passes. And you got the point there. Um, uh, neither of us got TCU upset in Oklahoma. We both got I don't, I don't know anybody could have predicted that to turn out the way that it did. Jeez. That was... Whoo. We both took Arkansas. Um, they covered by half a point, so shout out to the Hogs. Uh, you had Oklahoma State. I had Mississippi State over the Fighting Jimbos. If you guys don't beat them, it's it's probably embarrassing this year. Just for the record, I'd like to set up that troll a few weeks in advance. 
Um, we both took Clemson. Yeah, we'll have covered. to go back to tapes at the beginning of the year. We were like, oh, Texas A&M, that's 100% a loss. They're so good. Go on, though. I mean, I think you picked Texas A&M that week, too, I, I think. I did. I did. So Go on, though. Um, and then you got Florida over Eastern Washington. The line finally did come out. We weren't too it far did. off here. It was yeah. 32 is what mm-hmm. I saw. So yeah, um, we didn't do too I think bad. 31 and a half is what I saw right before halftime. So what was the overall records on the day on the week? So our overall records for the season are what? 22. So I'm 22 and 15 and you're 21 and 16. Okay. But what was the week? What did, what I I don't week? I don't know I'll I'll figure that out later I don't I only do that I only calculate that when I win. Oh okay. <laughs> you went seven and two. I went four and five. So okay. an average week for me, and you were really good. But I'm sure you'll give it all back this week. LSU is a three point underdog at home in a game that kicks off at 11 a.m. in Tiger Stadium. Uh, I like the Tigers to cover this. I don't know if they win or not, but I do think it's really really close, and so I'll take the points at home. You didn't say who they were playing. Against Tennessee, sorry. Against Tennessee. Whew. Uh I think I'm going to take LSU too, but that's a that's a tough game. I despise that they made it uh, a noon game. I guess 11 a.m. Yeah. Whatever it's Central Time. I, but noon yeah, game. I wish it was later for LSU. Um, that's just a fun. That's going to be a fun yeah. game. I don't. But no I'm glad that I. I'm glad that I get to watch fans, it. So. I'm glad that I get to watch a noon game, like a good game at noon. So, you know, I'm not the one that's traveling up to see Missouri play. So, um, Texas Christian is a seven point favorite at Kansas. Shout out to 5 0 Kansas Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. I will ride with Kansas here just because it's a fun emotional um, yeah, it is. Uh, thing to I'll cheer take for. I'll see you then just to be different. Wow. But yeah, I'm not because you Because you hate fun and everything good. It's more fun as going against each other. Everything good and holy you hate. Um, Liberty is a 24 and a half point favorite at UMass. I like Liberty here, mm, but they have not been, they like have not them. been, they have not been covering the spread, the spread well, but I, I'm not going to, right. uh, actually, gotta, all right, I will go give me Massachusetts. Then. I actually feel better about it now. Um, Utah is a four and a half point underdog at UCLA. Uh, give me Utah. Um, UCLA is five and zero too, aren't they? I'll take I'll take them to cover. I don't know if they win, but at home, close spread. I think they cover. Uh, BYU is a three and a half point underdog at Notre Dame. I just I'm not sold on Notre Dame, so give me BYU here. I'll take Notre Dame. Alabama is a twenty four point favorite against Texas A and M. Uh, I'll take Alabama. They didn't cover the spread last week, but I do think he tries to rub it in this oh, weekend after. Alabama all day. He is going to rub Jimbo's nose in it. <laughs> I thought you were about to say something else. Um, Florida State's a three-and-a-half-point dog at NC State. Uh, I'll take the Knolls here. Give me NC State by three. I'll predict that they win the game, but we'll cover because of the half point. Give me NC State. And I'll take Missouri plus 11 is what it's up to now. Uh, yeah, I, I think Florida wins, but, and I actually think they cover this spread. So when I miss this next week, I can circle back on this and say it. I think Florida does cover this spread. They just never do when I pick them. So I got to go the other way. <laughs> All right. I'll take UF. You feel good about that? No. <laughs> Not even. Um, we should just flip. We should just flop picks because we both think the other thing. 
<laughs> um, all right, cool. You got anything else before we get out of here? You want to talk about Tom and Giselle or you just want to go? <laughs> I did playing. see I that they hired divorce lawyers and that makes me really sad. But we'll see. I just need him to start winning. Yeah, It'd be really sad if they come back to like get a divorce and come back and then do nothing. That would be terrible. Yeah, they haven't looked good the last couple of weeks. So no. hopefully he didn't just throw his marriage away to get bounced in the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> like, at least win the Super Bowl, right? Like right. make it worth it. Make it worth it. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. Um, yeah, all right. Appreciate, appreciate Greg Brunt. Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. If you need anything insured or covered anywhere in the great state of Florida, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Florida State doesn't pick up their second quality loss uh, because if they do – They'll match UF with ranked losses, and then we can all be in the same boat. Florida with the Missouri game. Noon, right? Noon. Homecoming, noon. Noon. Mm -hmm. The brunch boys. So we will be back next week, Tuesday night at some point. Thank you guys for tuning in. Go Knowles. Go Gators.